speakers. We representing. It's an open letter to anybody that's you are witnessing. Proud of how smart I was. Watching the listeners are proud of how much of a master is what I it's time to speak for the underdog Side with the individual you consider quiet Never resided under y'all Showcased in front of y'all Took the look on their faces as motivation To absorb all the wonderful hatred Everything we do is a statement Of how we are created unique Just face it, it's all art given For some of us it resembles the same symptoms as autism We all gifted to the rest of this world who don't live it We look like aliens to these unicorn chases And go against the grain in this reborn matrix and embrace the outcast placement fact check it we don't follow status quo half of those standards ain't even made for the average joe every role we take is the scenic welcome to the wonderful world of a creative the art of genius the way we think is the way we speak is we represent you are witnessing What's up, you all? You're tuned in to the Art of Genius. Yes, we are going for another episode. Yes, we are on a roll for season two, and I want to keep this momentum going. Um, everything's been great. You all may have noticed and stuff that Imperial has been in his bag and stuff as normal, but this man decided to give us two Imperial beat breaks in the same week last week. If you haven't heard them, go and listen to them because they are straight fire. You know, it's um, it's one thing to find a beat that we feel like at the uh, the art of genius is a is one that the audience will enjoy, but then it's another one when we come across just heat that we say, okay, the audience has to hear this. It may be people that's doing, especially for this time of year where it's warming up outside and it's getting back to a little bit of norm normalcy and stuff. Um, when we went through those beats. We actually found some tracks was like that was like okay if I was going on a, if I was if I was in the middle of a bike ride or if I was cleaning out my car or if I was just vibing and stuff while I was doing housework listening to this podcast and stuff or if I was at the gym this beat would make me want to just vibe out and just do more and more and more and more so that's where we ended up with two Imperials beat breaks last week. And hopefully you all enjoyed them. If you haven't heard them, like I said, go and check them out. We actually had a new episode last week also, a new audio episode um, called Success, where, once again, we delved into the uh, motivational space. You know, uh, These episodes all kind of have a purpose to them. If you haven't noticed by now, hopefully, hopefully you have noticed and stuff. Since we are in season two, and our our numbers reflect that we do have a regular following and stuff for the Art of Genius. But just know that each one of these episodes have they each have a purpose, definitely a purpose, a purpose and intent, um, um, and they also reflect what it is to be genius in the sense of us all being more in tune with ourselves so we can perform better we can um be more successful in this thing called life we can know ourselves we can keep ourselves out of nonsense we can see stuff before it comes all of these things that you know the world doesn't necessarily um identify as genius until a mass group of people sees it or hears it 
and then reflects on it and things like that. I want to point it out now if you all haven't noticed. So the last episode on success, subtitle, of course, how would you define it and stuff, was definitely one um, that you all should, uh, if you haven't heard it already, go and check it out. So we gave you a lot last week, you know, gave you three different three different offerings from the art of genius and stuff. We had that one, one, um, the one audio episode, and then we had two offerings of Imperial's Beat Break. Now, this week, we spend no expense, starting with today's episode, you know, but I want to stay in this whole uh, motivational space for a second and stuff, because I'm not even going to lie, it's one thing to be a a content creator, if you want to call it, for lack of a better term, if you're talking about what the art of genius is. But then it's another thing when you look and you want to have it. And trust me, I've tried to get away from this. I've tried for at least the last 20 years to get away from this. And I I can't. It's just in, in my spirit. It's in my DNA. It's in my um, in my vernacular. It's in whatever you want to call it that gets down to my barest essential of who William Woods is. And stuff is there. I can't help but when I have a platform like this. To come off different, you know. Besides this, I listen to other people's uh, podcasts and stuff, be it um, financial and and oftentimes um, 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 informative. And then and even every once in a while, I get into a couple that's like people that have touched Hollywood at some point and stuff. But for some reason, when it comes down to how I want the art of genius to come off. It comes off when I hit record. Whatever comes out is exactly what you all get, you know. Uh, so it's not like I'm making a concerted effort to say, okay, we're going to be motivational uh, for this one, or we're going to talk different on this one and stuff. It's just, it's just who I am. I don't apologize for it, you know. Maybe when I was younger or whatever, whatever it was, like when I was talking about where are they now and stuff, maybe when I was younger, that um, before I realized who I was, I used to kind of bury my intellect or my approach to things, that my, my virtuous approach to things and stuff before being able to talk deep, I guess, but then still be relatable. And stuff that's just where it comes from. Then at the same time, when I got in the classroom and stuff, this kind of approach to problem solving kind of um, kind of stepped out, and I welcomed it to come out even more. You know, so so I'm definitely not apologizing for it. But just in case anyone in uh, listening land is wondering, you know, does this dude plan to be like this? It's not even necessarily that it's planned. It's just when I get ideas for topics and stuff, I um I definitely try to put them out there to the point where I want. If I was listening to it, I don't want anyone that's going to pontificate. I want someone that's going to make it plain. And I've always been like that ever since um, 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 late teenage years and stuff, where, whether it was me listening to a, a, a sermon and stuff or me listening to a hip-hop album. I didn't want someone to make things too out there to grasp and stuff. I always liked where, even, in, even when I was learning and stuff in college, in grad and undergrad, <clears throat> I always appreciated more when the person could take the um take the point and make it plain. Don't try to impress me with your huge vocabulary and stuff. Glimpses of it is gonna come out. They're gonna come out anyway and stuff. But 
don't try to impress me with um, your your large pronunciation of a word or things like that. Um, but at the same time, make it plain. Make it plain. Make it to where anybody listening to you, or at least the majority of the people listening to you, myself included, can understand it and move forward with it. Now, like I said, that's this that segue, that lead-in and stuff was just 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 perfect because for today's topic, I actually want to go even further into that space of making it plain. Don't um don't step out into territory that you're not that, that I'm not familiar with. And of course, you know me, I always try to catch when I get ready to say you. This information also applies to me. But then when I get to these points where I start um leading into the topic of the episode and stuff like that, naturally I start to use those words interchangeably. Now before I even get into that, I do want to give a shout out because I just said I listen to other podcasts and stuff like that. And, I, uh, and one of my things that I really enjoy doing is listening to other people's podcasts and hearing voices that I can relate to, just like we just talked about. And one of my favorites that I've always supported and stuff, but I just came back into um, into listening to, uh, to their podcast even more. And uh, shout out to um, my fellow uh, Thorn Ridge alumni, uh, Dr. Ajamu Loving. Uh, I have to give a shout out to the Brethren Podcast. Brethren, uh, B-R-E-A-D-R-E-N. Yes, that is a play of words because uh, it's definitely a financially um, laced podcast. But what I love about that podcast is that they make the information plain, whether it's about investing, whether it's about um saving whether it's about starting up a business whether it's about getting incorporated all of these different things and different topics that they these three very educated men come from they don't pontificate they make it plain and i've been listening to that podcast a lot if you haven't noticed even in success i found myself talking about finance a lot and stuff and that's just natural because i've been listening to the Brethren podcast, and I'm always one that's about my money and stuff like that, but I'm definitely, not only am I about making it, but I'm also about saving, and I'm also about investing and things like that. So, big shout out to um, to the Brethren podcast. Thank you all. Keep doing what you're doing, because we are listening. And I know as a content creator and as a, um, as a, as a, as a podcaster and stuff myself, it's a beautiful thing when you hear someone in your audience tell you that, they list, that they're listening, and give you a shout out and tell you to move forward and keep doing that please all right now since we're talking about finance and since we're talking about not going into territory and stuff that people are not familiar with it's only natural that i give a personification of that for today's episode now i'm not even gonna lie i'm one of those that besides me actually researching with other podcasts and stuff like that and the content that i watch and what I feed my brain with, I also use life as a motivator for these episodes, if you haven't noticed. Me doing that, I come across topics that I almost interact with daily that I just have to make an episode out of. What are one of those topics? Today's topic. And we've already hinted on it a little bit when we talked about not going into territory that you're not familiar with and stuff and then on top of that not acting like you're supposed to be there and when i say you this definitely applies to me 
So today, and I'm going to use a financial term in order to make this plain because that is exactly the personification that I want to give it. Have you, and this includes me, have you ever met someone that lives their life from a perspective of, or in, not even, not even a, a perspective, but They base their whole existence on having insufficient funds. Let that marinate because when I say that, most people are going to be thinking I'm talking about money. Have you ever met someone that they damn near always present themselves without even knowing from a standpoint of insufficient funds? Now, growing up, one of the funniest phrases, in some cases, threats, that nine times out of ten came from one of my parents and stuff. But then as I got older, I found myself using it, but then it became part of a trash talking term. But then anytime I hear it, it kind of tickles me because it's one of the most hilarious life lessons that you ever want to hear. How many of us have heard the phrase, don't let your mouth write a check that your ass can't cash. <laughs> now, when I say insufficient funds, I'm talking insufficient funds of, like you said, don't let your mouth write a check that your ass can't cash. You know, um, for anyone that cringes anytime I use one of those words that, that you know, one of those, you know, I guess, if you want, I don't know, I, I won't necessarily call it. Well, I guess, you know, three or four letter words. And stuff. I try not to go too crazy and stuff on here. Matter of fact, I think I've only had one episode where I just let my let my um my curse like a sailor come out, and that, that was on um the episode of Triggered last season when we were in the midst of all of the uh, rioting and and things like that around um uh, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, and things hit a fever pitch, and I found myself uh, unpacking. A lot of negative interaction that I've had with uh, law enforcement and and being an, a, a black man in, in today's climate and stuff. So that was the one episode where I can honestly say I let I just said forget it. Luckily, I wasn't on the radio because my uh, radio station would have been fined by the FCC and so on and so forth. But since we can um since we're all grown listening to this, I hope everyone's grown and stuff or at least old enough to hear this. You know, I try to stay PG-13 with the language when I do decide to go there. But for the most part, I try not to have it dilute too much of what it is that I'm saying. But today's message, that phrase, don't let your mouth write a check that your ass can't cash, just speaks to what the when I say a person that lives with insufficient funds and stuff, speaks to it perfectly. I have these conversations and stuff with people and stuff, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's... um it's uh unnamed or unidentified insecurity or or um um a wrong sense of competition and things but <clears throat> i find myself in these conversations with people and i try to be one of those people that i'm not coming from a sense of ego and stuff when i just interact with people you know and and even last night i was i was playing basketball and stuff last night and I'm one of those I still love to this day. I still challenge myself to play basketball with people that are 
almost half my age, if not half my age, some cases younger, because it's just out of sheer defiance from what it is growing up and stuff that we dealt with, where for some reason people act like their life ended at when once they cross 35 years old, people sit on sit on the couch, become less active and and um, um, all of the negative effects that come with that. Me, I started getting active as far as into fitness and stuff when I was 30, 31 years old, you know, and now I'm on the 13th year to where I love it. I'm a totally different person. This is where that Kaizen comes in again. I love to tell people I'm not even the same person that I was the day before because now I'm a day older, you know, and whether that means that I'm a day wiser or a day more uh, relaxed or a day more more fit and stuff, I still love that idea of constantly improving. But I, I love even yesterday and I was on basketball court and stuff and these cats that I was playing ball with had to be at least 20 and stuff. Naturally, with youth and stuff, people get this thing where with youth that automatically means that you're going to win all the time. And that's that kind of youthful arrogance. And I'm pretty sure I've had it at one point and stuff too. and stuff. But one thing I love about constantly challenging myself nowadays when it comes to my fitness regimen and stuff, constantly challenging myself to play basketball with people that are younger than me is because I'm not competing with them. I'm competing with myself. I'm competing with myself almost to the point where I'm talking trash to myself and my, and my, my distractions and stuff that are going on in my head. That every time I hit a shot or every time I win a game or every time I make a, a, a tremendous move on one of these people that's half my age and they fall for it, I congratulate myself. Now, every once in a while, you'll get some cats and stuff that when I come out there and stuff, they look and they're like, man, what is this older cat out here doing? What are you going to do? He expect us to slow down for him. And I get out there and just give him the business because they surprised that someone my age and someone um, from my era can still get out there and do damage on the basketball court. And every once in a while, they'll say something crazy. And naturally, I hit a this this one cat right as I was starting to warm up because and it's an extra challenge whenever I get out there and you get um you get the younger cats that's been out there and they've been playing for a few hours or a couple hours and stuff. So naturally, because they're younger and stuff, they're automatically loose, a little more active, quicker. They they they're quick on the first step more in tune and stuff that loosen up ready to play and then I get out there and I have to play catch up as far as loosening up getting focused on my shot making smart plays and stuff like that naturally with the youthful arrogance and it's not a bad thing and stuff you know it's one of those things I'm not even gonna lie when I was about 20 when I was about 19 20 years old that's when I learned that okay you have to believe in yourself in order to make it in this world especially if you're a young black man you have to believe in yourself even if it comes off as arrogant, you can fix it along the way and stuff. As long as you're not um, walking around pretending you're better than people and stuff and damaging people along the way, then cool. You can fix it along the way. But naturally, I ran across after I hit my first couple shots. I started to feel loose. This young cat saying, this young cat told me, said, oh, you're not going to score no more or something to that effect. And my natural response to that nowadays at 43 years old anytime i play basketball with cats that are younger and even people that are my age and sometimes older i say dude do you know how many times i've heard that and won anyway and it just naturally comes out naturally that's one of my favorite phrases 
So then naturally the um the banter goes back and forth and stuff for a couple more shots. And then I hit a couple more shots and I said, all right, don't give me too many of them and stuff. That's another thing that naturally comes out. It's one of those OG hooping phrases and stuff. Say, all right, don't give me too many of them. Then it goes into, all right, I'm not going to miss all of them and stuff. Then it gets to the point where I'm close to winning and stuff. And then the guy, um, the guy says, let me go ahead and come back. And the first thing I tell him, because I'm used to coming in contact with people like this, I just didn't always have an answer for it when I was in my teens and and stuff and first thing I tell him is I say all right don't get too cocky and wouldn't you know right when I said that it almost felt like a, a um a switch went off where if there's a phrase that I could tell myself that puts me above the confidence level of whoever it is that I'm playing against that's usually it when I say all right don't get too cocky and I got a list of them Usually when I say, um, 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 don't get too cocky, or do you know how many times I've heard that and won anyway, or, oh, you think this game's about you. I don't even notice you out here. I'm playing with the rim. I'm playing, I'm compete. I don't compete with people. I compete with myself. I got a long list of things that I tell people that all fall on the line of that phrase that we all grew up with that's hilarious to me when I say, all right. Don't let your mouth write your check that your ass can't cash. You know? And wouldn't you know? And I swear, I, I love having these moments and stuff in my life and in, and in my fitness life and stuff because when they come, I embrace them because I know when it comes down to it, there's going to be a point where I can't play basketball and stuff anymore and stuff. It may not be till I'm like 70 or something like that or 75, but still, I'm going to still play ball all the way up as, as long as I have my fitness regimen. I'm always play ball, lift weights, and stuff like that. But as as confidence would have it, me, the 43-year-old that was out there playing with some cats that was at least 20, and they won like the first couple games that I was out there who was playing 32, and anybody that knows about 32 is every man for itself. And if the person's loose already, if you're playing against somebody that's loose, and stuff they kind of have an advantage but me I love pushing myself to either hurry up and get loose or hurry up and get focused on my shot so that way I can start winning so right after I told this cat I said dude don't let this don't don't get too on don't get too cocky you know I ain't gonna miss all my shots the last two games we played I won and quite easily because one thing that if you all haven't noticed about me I love being an underdog I love being underestimated and things. And it was just something about yesterday, even coming home watching the NCAA championship and watching um, Baylor win and stuff. I love when the underdog comes in and just takes it when no one expects it. And this is exactly what happened when I was on the court with the cats that was younger than me. They thought because I was older that I probably was going to be slower than them. They probably thought that I wasn't going to be able to control my game and win the way I did and stuff. So naturally, one of the younger dudes who was out there didn't believe it and asked me if I wanted to play two ball. Now, some of you all listening to this right now, if you, you played two ball with me at like LA Fitness or something like that. And I'm one of them people that in two ball, I prefer to shoot last. I'll shoot anytime, but I prefer to be the person that closes. Why? Because I love pressure situations. So what does this what does this have to do with uh, insufficient funds? I'm glad you asked. 
after I won the last two 32s that we played, much to the um, to to these young cats' disbelief, because they didn't could, they couldn't believe that somebody who came in like me could shoot and could play the way that I did. And I told them, I said, don't get too confident because all I'm doing, I'm getting loose. Once I get loose, that's it. And I delivered on it. One of the dudes didn't believe it and challenged us to a game of um, <clears throat> a two ball. Now, two ball is where you start off with a layup, go around the three-point line. You, you got two people, start off with a layup in the hole. Your shooter's outside. You go on the outside of the three-point line for five shots. Then after they hit their fifth shot, you go in. You go out to the three-point line, you shoot your three shots and stuff. So it's a first and second shooter. I love being the second shooter. Why? Because most people don't like that pressure. Me, I love it. The reason I love pressure situations and stuff is because that tells me exactly where my confidence is. And my confidence is through the roof, if you haven't noticed already. But when we play two ball, I love being that person where all I have to do is focus on hitting five shots. I'm not worried about what the competition is. I'm not worried about how many times I've missed. I'm not worried about how fancy the other person is. I'm not worried about what team they may have played for or what team they're currently playing for. All I'm focused on is blocking out all of that and hitting five shots to close it. It was even a point where, um, where we were down and my teammate was starting to lose it. And because he's younger... Me being an older cat, I turned into a coach. Well, I'm like, man, don't worry about it. You just missed one shot. Don't worry about it. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Wouldn't be, wouldn't, wouldn't you know it? I'm not going to take all the credit for it, but I'm pretty sure it helped his confidence because instead of having a teammate, and I love, this is another reason why I love playing with cats that's younger than me besides the fact that a lot of people my age are lazy as hell and stuff. But as a younger person, when you're interacting with somebody that's older than them, they're probably used to older people barking at them. They're not used to having somebody that's older than them actually cheering them on and sure enough it helps this dude get back in rhythm he comes around hits his first I me mean, hits his five shots passes the ball to me i go out there hit my five shots no pressure and stuff didn't mean i didn't miss but even though i didn't miss and stuff i never lost confidence in myself i never lost track even though these cats are younger in some cases they faster and stuff like that they definitely didn't deal with the whole sore arm after getting the um getting the COVID vaccine like I had and and um and and didn't get off for like nine hours nine hours of work and stuff like I did. But still, I love being there because I get to block all of that out and just focus on hitting five shots. Well, what am I getting at? How many games of two ball do we win besides the um the two the two thirty twos that I ended up winning? We won five out of six games of two balls. So me being the older cat that's automatically underestimated that nine times out of ten had to get my confidence up by saying one thing to this young cat that he was a little cocky. When I told him, I said, dude, don't get too cocky. Because once I get loose, that's it. Walk in the underdog, leave out with seven W's. Now, is winning everything? No. But it's being able to tell yourself that you can win in spite of whatever distractions and stuff's going on and stuff, that's everything. That's everything. Even more important than winning because there's some situations where uh, you may not win a game or whatever it is and it's for whatever reasons. It's for other reasons besides just, just uh, innate ability. Okay, cool. But I felt good leaving that, for the leaving that gym for the hundredth time at least 
in the last um last six months or whatever it was last year or whatever it is i i felt great leaving that gym because that was another time that i told myself when i hoop i'm not hooping to compete or keep up with anybody i'm hooping to challenge myself and to comp and, and to accomplish my um uh to stay on my fitness goals and stuff or to make it plain with today's topic to keep my funds from being insufficient so that way when i talk it i can walk it not necessarily talk about when i talk it on the basketball court that's going to come depending on who i'm playing but it's just one of those things of saying i can't be one of those people that talk about living their life fully living their life with a purpose trying to live the best that you can for the time that you hear and then I'm living a sedentary lifestyle when the microphone and the recorder and the, um, and the podcast and stuff is off. I can't be one of those people. I feel like a hypocrite and I don't like feeling like a hypocrite in that situation. So I try to keep these things up or keep my keep my uh, my funds sufficient. Well, another thing that kind of brought this topic on. I find myself in these conversations and stuff. Not necessarily and definitely not. This is outside the gym now. <laughs> But I find myself in these conversations and stuff with people where for some reason, I don't know if it's how I carry myself or how people, certain people carry themselves and it automatically taps them in their ego and stuff, but they automatically try to turn it into a competition. And I've interacted with that a few times over the past couple of weeks to the point where now the older me finds it hilarious. The younger me would have been confrontational. Like, dude, why I gotta be like that? Why you trying to? Why why you gotta always talk down or do or, or look down on something I'm doing? Cause you trying to pump up what it is you doing and stuff. And that's that's pointless. I I realize that at this stage of my life, there are a few things you can count on people doing. One, you can count on people being who they are. Two, you can count on people not admitting when you say that they made you feel uncomfortable. So when I run into those kind of competitive conversations with certain people because either because how I carry myself or what I've accomplished or whatever it kind of hits them in their ego, I laugh it off. You know, whether I'm interacting with family or whether I'm talking with friends or associates, that's a better term nowadays and stuff. And you come across that person that just wants to challenge you because how you do things and stuff kind of hits them in their ego. You know, let's be real about it. Some people don't realize that they're not the only ones that's doing great in life. And while they're out there talking about it, boastfully bragging and stuff, there's some of us that we don't even talk about it. We just go out and do it. We go out and make our money. We go out and make sure our bills are paid. We go out and live out our dreams. We go out and try new things. We go and take care of ourselves and we don't necessarily broadcast it. I'll be the, for the first time, I'll admit this right now. Whenever I'm on social media, and I told you all I have a love slash hilarity relationship uh, with, uh, with, with Facebook and Instagram and, and things like that. Um, anytime I post something fitness related or accomplishment related on social media, I can tell you 100% I do not do that hoping to gain more followers and more likes and any of that is going to make me feel better about myself as a person. I do that because I already feel damn good about it and it's to the point where I want to be able to look at that accomplishment in my memories a year later and remind myself, Will, you did that. You can do more. I even want to look at it sometimes, some, uh, especially with this whole working from home thing. Sometimes I look at um, 
I'm on social media and I look at my um I'll just be up at like 12 30 1 o'clock in the morning sometimes especially if insomnia kicks in and I'll just scroll through what I've posted just to make sure I could stand behind everything and I found myself some days I post something and I look at it like nah that was that was kind of crazy I don't want that representing me and stuff and I'll delete it or I'll see something I posted and be like damn I said that and then post it again and stuff and then sometimes it's from my memories I like looking at stuff that um from my memories and seeing what my mother liked and stuff and that that'll give me a sense of um of solace at that moment you know but there's I try to use my social media with a purpose I don't use it to brag I don't use it to um to make myself seem bigger than who I actually am because like I said the same person you hearing now is the same person you're gonna see on social media same person you see on social media and here in this platform is the same dude you'll meet face to face out in the street you know so well back to the whole um tapping people in their ego thing I try not to deal with ego and I've accomplished a lot in my life how much um here's how serious I am about that I just started telling myself will you've accomplished a lot in life I'm not saying that meaning like it's time to brag about it I'm saying it in the mean in the sense of it's time to stop being so humble about it when people tell you you're good at something talking about me in this situation when people tell me I'm good at something I say thank you you know I don't brag I don't sit there and say, yeah, man, I'm better than you. It's a, you know, unless you're talking crazy to me in a competitive situation. And my thing is, when you're talking crazy to me in a competitive situation, I'm going to cut you twice as deep. But I rarely have those situations unless we're playfully playing on the basketball court, you know. But um, that's something that came with hip-hop, I'll be honest, and stuff. That, that's something that came with, um, with being an MC and stuff. You know, your thing was to always one-up somebody with words and stuff. But then my thing is always being just as a, reflection of my confidence if you say something to me i'm gonna say something twice as bad back or say something twice as competitive back now it's like i just started embracing when someone says that you're good at something because it's all art to me it's something that's natural when i if i sit there and do a portrait of something or i show a design of something that i did and people are mesmerized by it it's not like i kind of it's not that I almost expect it. It's like it's second nature to me. So I don't look at it like I should be liked even more as a person because of something like that. Because it's naturally what I do. It's what I make my living based on. You know. So um, I didn't realize until recently that there's a such thing as people meeting your accomplishments before they meet you. Or people looking at you and they only see what you've accomplished. I remember my father used to tell me when I used to go visit my grandmother and stuff and me I have this I told you all I have this um I have this fearless um thing that I've definitely gotten from my parents. I wasn't raised to be scared of people. I wasn't raised to be scared of neighborhoods. I wasn't raised to be scared of situations and stuff like that. And it kind of kicked in the overdrive as I got older and stuff. So I used to go and visit my grandmother and she would ask us to go to the store and get, um, get, um, you know, get us on the drink and stuff. And me, I would walk to the local corner store and stuff and they stayed on the west side. This is when they stayed off of 16th and Avers and stuff. And I would walk to the local corner store and would, act, and would go in and get a, you know, something to drink and stuff and whatever else she asked for and then walk back. My father used to always tell me, say, be careful 
walking around certain places, especially by yourself, because you look like you about something. And when I heard that, I think I was about like 24 or whatever it is. But now at 43 here and that, I understand exactly what he meant. But this is not about throwing the scarlet letter on, on the neighborhood or, or the streets or whatever it is. This is about reinforcing the point I just made. Some people only see, when they look at you, the first thing they see with you is what you've accomplished. And you don't even have to say a word. It's just the fact that how you carry yourself makes it look like you're about something. So when they respond to you, they respond to that. Now, where does insufficient funds come in? Glad you asked. You're definitely coming off from a sense of having secure funds. You've accomplished some things. You live life sensibly. You present yourself like you're not, you're not influenced by... Um, by impressing people and stuff. Matter of fact, people are nine times out of ten impressed by what it is that you've done and they constantly tell you. So you, you come across some people where when they see you, they're going to try to challenge that. And the only way they know how to challenge is to try to get into a verbal competition or get into a list of accomplishments and stuff like that, hoping that you jump in with them. I'm never the person to jump into that kind of penis measuring contest and stuff with people because that's stupid. And it's simple to me as saying, if I have to do that to feel good about myself at that moment, to prove that I've done just as much as you, if not more, and all this craziness and this verbal back and forth, that proves that that other person has control over me. And nobody else controls me but me. As arrogant as that sounds is the absolute truth. If I ever found myself getting into a, a competition that doesn't benefit me in the end, like me getting into a verbal competition on the basketball court is friendly for me most times. Second of all, it's going to push me to do even better than I was expecting. So I like situations like that. But when it comes down to what I naturally have done as far as in my livelihood, I try to respect what other people have done. And if somebody tells me something that they did or if I see something that they did like on social media and we sitting down at a dinner or something like that. And I say, man, I saw what you posted a couple of weeks ago, man. That was inspiring. I appreciate that. That motivated me to want to do some stuff. That's naturally how I am. But if in return, I come across a person that when they see that this is something that I do, this is something that I'm good at and stuff. And the best way that they can respond to it is by challenging it. Oh, I automatically tune you out, but I've learned everything I need to know about you in that situation. I don't care if you're friend, I don't care if you're family, I don't care if you're stranger passing by, whatever it is. And it goes back to what my um what my father told me and stuff. And my mother, my mother reinforced it also. But I remember my father being the first one to tell me, say, be careful going around certain people because you look like you about something. You know? Now, I'll get specific. I find it absolutely hilarious, especially as a creative professional. And me, I'm a um I'm a person, like I said, I salute everybody's accomplishments and stuff. That's just because I care I care more about my karma than anything else. I don't want to be that person that um I go into my livelihood with the wrong mentality and I'm wondering why I can't focus on the goal because I'm too busy getting distracted by the people I'm meeting along the way. I don't like that. You know, and feel free to break that down. After the after the um after the after this podcast is over with, I'll say it again. I say I'm one of those people. I don't want to be distracted 
by the by I don't want to be hindered from from hitting my goal because I'm too busy being distracted by the people I'm meeting along the way. I don't want to be distracted by the other designers, the other art directors, the other photographers, the other videographers, the other podcasters, the other um, um, artists, the other creative professionals by them. If I meet and interact with people, like I said, I'm one of those that if I run into contact with people, I salute your accomplishments. Hopefully you salute mine back. I don't get into competitions with people because first of all, if I get into a competition with somebody in that sense, that's my livelihood. I, I, I'm the person I don't believe that when it comes to your livelihood, that there's a such thing as anybody being better than you. You know, because we all have strengths and we all have things that that only we can do. Now, there are people that are in different positions because of what we know, because of where they went to school. Okay, cool, fine and dandy. Or just being in the right place at the right time. But everybody's time is coming and stuff. And me, it seems like I'm reaching my time as far as my, my livelihood is concerned. But I've run across people along the way that got there sooner. Does that mean they're doing better than me in life? No, because they go back to go back to the success episode. Just because a person seems like that they're making more money than you, and I I, I told some, some little kids this as we walked on the track the other day. Just because a person seems like they're making more money than you doesn't mean they're smart enough to know what to do with it. This is the reason why we see our grandparents and great grandparents and stuff, even though they they may have had like 60, 70 grade educations and stuff, they end up passing away and they end up having damn near a million dollars in the bank. Or they had like mutual funds and stuff set aside for the people in their family and stuff because regardless of what education teaches you, that person may be smart enough to, may have been smart enough to know what to do with their money versus the person who wants to make it, wants to brag to everybody that they made it and stuff and they're not smart enough to do more so they can stay making it. Thus being the insufficient form. As a creative professional, I swear I've run into so many people. And it, it, even if it narrows down to what type of computer, what type of camera, what type of um, uh, software, whatever I use, I used to get into back and forths and stuff with people about what it is that I use to do my trade with. This is stupid. It's as stupid as arguing about what kind of pencil you use to draw a picture with. Why the hell does it matter? It shouldn't matter because the pencil, no matter you break, how you break it down, it's going to have lead on the inside. The lead is going to draw a line. Nine times out of ten, you're going to treat that line with a certain kind of detail and stuff like that and create your masterpiece with it. This is why I like embracing all types of art. Where you see people that take recycled garbage and make art. But then you see people that use paintbrush and canvas to make art. You see people that use spray paint and walls to make art. And you see people that use sketchbooks and paper. Sketch, 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 sketchbooks, pencils, and markers, and so on and so forth. I embrace all kinds of art because we're all on the way somewhere. Why is it why does it have to be where Someone has to write a check that they ask can't cash because they're feeling insecure about what a person may know how to do that they don't. You know, if you use a Canon and I use a Nikon, does that mean that your Canon is better than mine? No, because like I said on on, on, on episodes and stuff in the in the past, I've seen people with, with with equipment that costs tens of thousands of dollars, and the work still looks like trash. 
You know what makes me be able to say that the work looks like trash? Because I've worked in my field long enough to where you know what a quality publication is and what a bad, what an amateur publication is. And it doesn't mean because I say so. There's certain, and for my fellow, um, my fellow professional quality uh, designers and creative professionals out there, you know proper resolution. You know proper color usage. You know proper, uh, proper font usage. You know um, um, proper layout. You know left to right, top to bottom. You know the difference between left to right, top to bottom versus being over in Asia and stuff where it's, it's uh, right to left, bottom to top. You know, but there are a lot of people out there that go back and forth, especially, and I'm just using this as an example. I'm just using um, being a creative professional as an example, where with me, they find themselves trying to go back and forth with me about what it is that we have because they want to get into this penis measuring contest, not looking at it and saying, like I had to tell the cats yesterday on the basketball court, oh, don't get too cocky. Because once I start going in my bag, it's going to be a game of catch up. I said this Sunday when I was on the, um, if, you, if you saw on the, on the Facebook page for the Art of Genius, I posted a video while I was out on uh, um, the stairs at, uh, at Swallowcliff. Now, anyone that's familiar with the stairs at Swallowcliff and stuff, there's a, it's a steep climb going up of, it, of about, I want to say between 150 to 175 stairs. And then you have to take that same kind of deep, or you go around the top, then you come down. It's not necessarily 175 steps, but it'll be like about 10 to 15 steps, then a little walkway, 10 more steps, walkway, 10 more steps, walkway. And then you get around there, and it's like a half track going around to meet back on the other side. Insufficient funds. I've noticed, especially for this time of year, and like I said, I've been in the fitness for the last 13 years. Um... One of the things that I had to tell myself getting into fitness is that this is not a competition with anyone else except myself. I even had to tell myself, say, it wasn't even about the weight loss, even though the weight loss became a bonus. Then by the time I lost all of the weight and stuff, I told people, I not told people, I had to tell myself that now I want to build up, I want to bulk up, I want to have uh, muscle tone but it's not about me holding up a picture of someone else and saying that's the kind of person that I want to be it's about my own goal in that situation well what was I getting at as far as the stairs of swallow cliff well this speaks to that whole insufficient funds and not competing with people and stuff like that even though they may try to compete with you inadvertently it's something about this time of year when you start going to like fitness tracks or going to the gym and things like that you kind of go around I don't know if you all are you all are like me, but I'm, a, I'm an observer. If I had a spirit animal and stuff like that, besides, a, um, besides obviously a lion or something, I would say my spirit animal would be an eagle. As you know, the story with eagles and stuff, eagles fly the highest. They look down on everything. They don't fly with other birds. And on top of that, their soar is effortless. It's one flap of the wings and then they glide. And everyone admires how they glide. You can even identify them based on how they glide. That's why I love eagles so much. But what does this have to do with anything? When I was on the stairs at Swallowcliff the other day, I've noticed 
that there are certain people that when they get they get out there, they want to run laps. They want to rudely try to move you, try to knock you off the stairs and stuff so they can hurry up and do whatever it is they're doing and stuff and look fancy while they do it. And they can have on fancy shoes and they can have on 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 techie fitness outfits and 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 uh, and in females cases and stuff they can do a bunch of things to try to look attractive or whatever it is while they're up there trying to get anybody's attention whether it's me or anybody else or not whoever it is all these other things except hitting the fitness goal or pushing themselves to be the fitness goal instead of looking like they're trying to hit the fitness goal all these things that can become a distraction if i'm not focused on my goal well, what I've noticed is that whether I'm at a track like uh, or at a place like the stairs of Swallow Cliff or I go to an outdoor track to walk around or I go to a gym where especially when you're not just playing basketball, but when you're lifting weights and stuff, you can always spot the person or the people that's looking at you and they're saying they have to outdo you. They have to hurry up and run past you. You know, I have a. I still have my 99 Honda Civic that's in the garage and stuff. It's garage kept. It on, you know, still has low mileage on it for it to be a 22-year-old 22, 22 car and stuff. Well, low miles compared to what a 22-year-old car should have on it and stuff. And um, I've noticed that whether this car is dirty or it's clean because of how I kept it up and customized it, anytime I pull out of the garage, and yesterday was a perfect example, there's always that sports car. That even though I'm just driving down the street in this what looks like Fast and the Furious car, because that's how I customized it over the year. Even though I'm just driving down the street during the um during the speed limit, there's a car that always has to pull up next to me, either rev up their engine and speed off, or they have to rudely jump from one lane to the other to get in front of me, like they're trying to race. And I still to this day figure what the hell is the point of that? Because that's showing someone else that they control you for that moment. That's why I never race people. When I'm in that car or any, any, any one of my vehicles, I never race people. Because me getting into that race with that person is giving them the opportunity to say they controlled me at that moment. And if you get a W off of controlling me for a moment when I was a winner before you even challenged me, that's me taking my worth out of the situation. So when I was at Swallow Cliff the other day and I noticed the people that was doing these little rude laps and stuff, they, they don't care who they try to knock off, um, who they try to knock down these stairs and stuff because they want to look fancy while they're going up and down and, and do all of this other stuff. They want to run up backwards, run up sideways. They want to run up the stairs rather than walk. They want to maneuver in between people almost like uh, cars trying to race people in traffic and stuff. I've noticed that those people only do like about two three laps and then they're sitting down taking a rest versus somebody like me who I work at my own pace and going up and down and around that track and steps well I would notice I'm an observer like I said I'm 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 an eagle I would notice those same rude people that would do all these little fancy techniques and stuff like that they're usually gone after about like two or three laps and I would get there before them they do about two or three laps Leave, you see them going right back to their car. Me, I can do 10 of them. Push myself to go up those 170 some odd steps, go around, come back down, they're probably about 100 steps, go around the track, go up, down, and around 10 times 
versus their two or three. Now, am I saying that because I'm competing with them? No, I'm saying look at what I accomplished while you're trying to impress other people. People in that situation don't realize that your mouth, especially when you're rude and challenging about it, your mouth has written a check that your ass shows that it can't cash. Insufficient funds. Me, first of all, you don't know about my funds. Second of all, I don't put them out there in meaningless ways to make you think that I'm competing or I'm right there neck and neck with you or higher up than you. My work does the talking. Period. See, I don't I don't get into situations where I let my ego along with my mouth cash a check that I'm that my ass can't cash. I love being in a situation where I could back up everything that I say. And I love I, I love even more being in a situation where I don't have to say a word. My work says everything. And now I'm just fortunate enough to be able to say, okay, well, now I can put my words along with my work and have it be my work. Which is this podcast. But that was just kind of odd to me. You know, a couple of my friends noticed, and it's something about when we, um, the, the few that I do actually see at the gym and stuff like that, and we actually play ball together sometimes and stuff. They'll say, man, Will, I don't know what's going on, but people like going at you. And me, I'm like, okay, I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't know at first. But as I go back, go back to what my parents told me. Be careful going around certain people because you look like you about something. And now this whole life thing is starting to make sense as far as my interaction with people. I'm pretty sure we've all run into people that say, man, it's something about them I just can't stand. Or it just rules me the wrong way. And you know you that person that you've never done anything to anybody. You, or at least not in that sense. You you haven't did anything that you haven't owned up to and stuff. But it's just when you meet someone and on and and on the humbug, they're just like, man, that's something about them I just don't like. It could be the fact that you just look like you about something and it rubs them the wrong way. Either way, I don't associate with it. So I don't deal with situations where my, my mouth writes a check. Or my actions write a check that my ass can't cash. I love being in a situation where I don't have to compete. I was grateful I got here. You know, we're all great before we get here. I don't want to be the only one saying it. It's just that not too many people govern their lives knowing that they're great already. Why do you have to lower yourself to get into somebody's competition when you don't realize? And we all had to realize at one point. You wouldn't even be challenged if people didn't notice it was something special about you. Keep that in mind. And be careful coming across people who deal with insufficient funds. They're dealing with insufficient funds because when they come into contact with you, it lets them know just how depleted their, um, their self-worth, their ego their accomplishments or whatever it is. And it's not about judging anybody. It's just saying that your people's response that they give to you before you even say a word is nine times out of ten a reflection of the insecurity they have in themselves. And that's the insufficient funds, the insecurity. That's why people feel the need to have to talk and try to one-up you. 
or challenge you. When all you're doing is just coming in the room sitting down. And some people are like that because that's, what, that's who they were in high school. Let's go back to who, where are they now. That's who they were in grammar school. That's who they were in high school. The person who makes them feel threatened about themselves comes in and just has a seat at the lunch table or whatever it is. And they're like, who, the person, who does this person think they are? They're not even wearing what I got on, but they think they something. No, you think they're something. That person could be trying to figure it out along with the rest of us. That's why I try to govern my life with a I get along with everybody mentality. Now, if you don't want to get along with me, then we can go there. But the, 300, the other 364 days of the year and stuff, I try to get along with everybody. You know, if you respect me, I respect you 10 times over. You disrespect me and stuff like that, then I'm going to let you know you did it and let you know we're not the same afterwards. That just all comes down to dealing with my life from a sense of sufficient, sufficient funds. My self-worth, sufficient. My accomplishment, sufficient. How I maintain my life, sufficient. The decisions I try to make sufficient when i come into contact with other people that their situations are not that sufficient but they feel the need to want to compete in battle or whatever it is if it's not friendly on the basketball court i don't even want to hear it if it's not a good road session i don't even get involved in it and stuff like that and that's all stuff that keeps me smiling keeps me healthy keeps me happy i don't get into what i've accomplished versus what you've accomplished and stuff because that sound that's insecurity right there or insufficient funds all right. So with that being said, thank you all for listening once again. It's William Woods, the art of genius. Hey, season two. Like I said, we on the roll. All right. Take it easy. Yo, it's time to speak for the unheard. Sum it up in one word. Us fitting in with society is absurd. Downright ludicrous. Some of us meant to be rebellious. The rest of us smarter than what they tell us. I'm too cheap to purchase what the majority selling. And too deep to downplay what's in my cerebellum like I did as a youngster. Just for the sake of keeping friends. Now look what I've become the antithesis of what they front for. Post a child of the courage that you were supposed to. Demonstrate when you face with the grown up choice. Sink or swim. Follow the crowd or listen to the beat within Be a leader of a foot shuffler We stand against these ignorant plans of structure Enough of the false narrative, it's time to get focused You getting game from one of the coaches, you welcome The way we think is The way we speak is We represent You are witnessing Watching or listening to the Heart of Genius is a Woods Media Group production. Musical supervision is by Imperial for Underground Railroad Entertainment. Be sure to check us out on YouTube and on popular social media. And that web address, in case you was wondering, is www.designbywwoods.com. Once again, www.designbywwoods.com.